Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Greek freak was not ready for his season to be over. Why is everyone fleeing the Mavericks? Plus, what is the latest with Kawhi Leonard? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton would not make it three games in a row where a team blew a monster lead to lose. The Bucs had already done that once. Instead, Giannis and Chris Middleton combined for 68 of the Bucs, 104 points in a game six must-have win over the Brooklyn Nets, 104-89. Joining me now from Locked on Bucks, Kane Pittman and Kane. What was the difference that allowed Milwaukee to close out this victory, whereas in game five, they couldn't get it done? I think Chris Milton, honestly, career playoff high, 38 points. And I think we saw through this game at the end of the first half when Brooklyn were within a couple of possessions, he hit back-to-back threes, held them at bay late in the third quarter, had a string of three buckets that were again able to hold Brooklyn at bay. And it happened again in the fourth quarter. Brooklyn cut it to within five, and it felt like an absolute replay of game five. The only thing that changed was the venue. You felt that the Bucks were going to go down. I don't think anyone watching that game thought Milwaukee were going to be able to arrest that momentum. And then Chris Middleton drew a foul on Joe Harris behind the three-point line. Uh, Steve Nash called timeout, and it was a bit of a weird situation. They weren't sure whether they were going to challenge, but it felt like that moment in particular, not only the scoring for Chris Middleton, but just that couple of minutes for the Bucs to compose themselves felt like it's all they needed because after that, they went on a big run and broke the game open. So as we project here for Game 7, the Bucs have a couple times in this series bounced back from, you know, what we would call proverbial shots in the mouth, right? So... How do you think this game projects to how they could perform in Game 7? Well, at halftime, when the Bucs were leading, I described the second half that it was going to be system versus the inevitable superstar power of the Nets. And that's kind of what this series feels like because it feels like the Bucs throughout this series, when they run offense, when they have the ball moving, when they have player movement, when Giannis is taking the ball inside, it doesn't feel like they have a problem scoring or getting to the parts of the floor they want to be. But then down the other end, you have Kevin Durant, who makes a series of impossible shots late in the third quarter in this game as well. And then you have James Harden, who looked a little bit better, scored a few more points in this game than he did last game, and who knows with Kyrie Irving. So it feels like if the Bucs can stay composed and run offense, they're going to be able to score. Is the pressure of Game 7 going to be too much for them? I, I guess we'll see. They haven't won on the road, and that's the challenge now. Locked on today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, why is everyone trying to get out of Dallas? That's next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders were tied up at one win apiece in their Stanley Cup semifinal series, and the puck did not go the Islanders' way in Game 3. Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders here. Islanders fall to the Tampa Bay Lightning 2-1 in a disappointing performance overall. The Islanders just didn't have the intensity that I expected them to come out with in front of the home crowd here in Game 3. 
didn't get the four check going enough. It, it was sporadically there, mostly led by the identity line, but overall, the Islanders didn't play the kind of game they needed to play offensively. They tried to be a little bit too fancy. They didn't go to the net enough, didn't get those dirty goals that they are really gonna need if they really wanna beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. Defensively, they did what they needed to do, more or less, but it's a tough loss. Now, game four is gonna be critical Saturday night. Naomi Osaka, ranked number two in the world in women's tennis, has withdrawn from Wimbledon. According to a statement released by her agent on Thursday, Naomi will not be playing Wimbledon this year. The statement read, she is taking some personal time with friends and family. She'll be ready for the Olympics and is excited to play in front of her home fans. Osaka, who's 23, withdrew from the French Open before the second round in the wake of a controversy caused by her decision to skip mandatory post-match news conferences at that tournament. It's the playoffs, so only the best teams are left in the NHL and the NBA. The same cannot be said for Major League Baseball and specifically the Diamondbacks. The haters said it's not possible. You can't lose that many games on the road in a row. Well, the haters sure look stupid. Now, Miller Thomas of locked on Diamondbacks here. The D-backs are now the first team in 125 years to lose 23 consecutive games on the road. Zach Gallon returned from injury today and he had to take a big blemish on his record. He went two and two thirds, gave up four earned runs, did not look great out there today. Offense didn't help him out either. They had more strikeouts than hits, but the D-backs now, 14 straight losses overall. They're on pace to set the franchise record for losses with 116, but you know what I say? Let's go for the number one pick and let's just lean into losing and let's set another record. The longest losing streak in MLB history is set by the 1889 Louisville Colonels at 26 games. I believe the D-backs could take that record as well. I think this is going to be the season for breaking records for the D-backs. I want to see them get that one and the number one pick by the season's end. It's no secret that Brooks Kapka dislikes Bryson DeChambeau. If you've been on Twitter in the last month, you've seen it. After the first round at the U.S. Open, Bryson photobombed Brooks' post-round interview causing golf fans to go crazy. This one intentional, unlike the last one that happened to go viral because Brooks Kepka had some thoughts on Bryson DeChambeau. As for the actual golf, Brooks finished at two under par while Bryson... Well, he managed just a two over. Play was suspended in the first round with Russell Henley and Louis Oosthuizen tied for the lead at four under par. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for Friday on betonline.ag. The Atlanta Hawks have shocked everyone and have a 3-2 series lead over the Philadelphia 76ers and can close out Philly tonight. The betonline.ag line for this game is Philly giving three. The Los Angeles Clippers also have an opportunity to close out their series with the Utah Jazz tonight after taking a 3-2 lead without Kawhi Leonard. The betonline.ag line for this game is is Utah giving one. For all your NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoff, MLB or golf odds, betonline.ag has you covered. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. It has become a house cleaning of sorts in Dallas as first... It was Donnie Nelson out as head of basketball operations. And now, in a shocking move, head coach Rick Carlisle and Mark Cuban 
agree for Rick to step away as head coach in a decision that Carlisle said was his own. Joining me now to make sense of all of this, Locked On Mavs coach Nick Angstad. And Nick, uh, this is this is a, a very strange couple of news stories here. We also found out Luka Doncic found out about uh, the, the uh, Nelson news in particular the same time essentially all of us did. So what's going on in Dallas? That's the flames. That's the flames around me. This is fine. This is fine, Peter. This is how's fine. That, how's that coffee, Nick? This is fine. Uh, yeah, Rick Carlisle out as Dallas Mavericks head coach. And this one actually was less shocking than the Donnie Nelson one to me. Neither of them actually shocked me. They were a little surprising just to see. It was, it was more surprising to see both of them out together. But um, them individually, something had to change, right? From It's just been, they've been turning over the same head coach, front office, owner, you know, kind of players, like, couple years here now and they want they needed to make a big move and so i think that rick carlisle leaving donnie nelson going it's surprising that it's both of them but separately i don't i'm not really that surprised on it they needed a fresh voice in there they needed somebody else and for rick carlisle we're just going to turn our focus to him because that's the news of today there was some tension with luka Doncic. i mean it was pretty obvious during games even on the broadcast (laughs) you could see that luka would make gestures at rick he would be frustrated with some of his decisions he would be uh, just not excited to be coached by Rick Carlisle, not excited to talk to Rick Carlisle, to be near Rick Carlisle. I mean, that's not a really good recipe for a good head coach in the NBA. So this change has been coming, I think, for a while. And on Rick Carlisle's side, he was going to be in the hot seat. It's been 10 years since the Mavericks have been out of the first round. And you could go back and say, well, maybe that's not Rick Carlisle's fault. The teams were not necessarily that great. Dirk was aging and all that. They didn't have the talent. But still, that's on your resume. And he had not gotten them out of the first round in 10 years. They had lost two series where they took the Clippers to six and seven games. One of them, they were up 2-0, and then they were up 3-2, and they couldn't put it away. And so he was going to be on the hot seat next year. And does Rick Carlisle want to do that? He's the president of the Coaches Association. He's been around a long time. He's a great head coach. A lot of people think that he's a top five coach in the NBA. And so he had his, he's going to have his pick of jobs out there, whether it's the Bucks or whether it's you know, the Celtics or whoever, I believe. And so he was like, well, let me just go and get the job that I actually want instead of having to go through this, be on the hot seat, deal with all this stuff with Mark Cuban, Haralba Balgaris, whatever that means to, to Rick Carlisle and all that. What's the latest with Kawhi Leonard? Our Q of the day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. I had one today. In the afternoon, I needed a little pick-me-up. I needed a little energy but I wanted it to be something that I could feel good about, that I could feel good about putting in my body that still tasted delicious. Built Bar hits that sweet spot beautifully. They have nine delicious base flavors plus limited time flavors that always sell out because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're low net carb, low sugar, low calorie, and yet high in protein, high in fiber, and taste in Incredible. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. If you haven't tried them, perfect time to get in on the action. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. It's hard to remember a more stark good news, bad news day for an NBA franchise than the LA Clippers 
with the reports coming out that Kawhi Leonard has a knee injury that he would miss game five against the Utah Jazz. And then the Clippers go out and win anyway, 119-111. Joining me now from Locked On Clips, Charles Mockler and Charles Obviously, this is going to be a huge factor if Kawhi Leonard cannot play for the Clippers. That's not sparkling analysis. But how much were you buoyed by what you saw from L.A. in going and and going on the road, beating a really good Utah Jazz team? I think one of the things I mean, if you've been watching this Clippers team, you know, all year, like a lot of Clippers fans have, it's there's a resiliency with this group. We've seen this team win without Kawhi and Paul George before. During the regular season, which obviously is a lot different than against the two seed in a very fired up uh, Beehive Stadium or whatever it's called over there in Utah. Um, but I, I I, mean, Paul George answered any call that you could have sent his way last night. Um, Clippers fans, I don't think we're surprised by that. But we've also had Reggie Jackson kind of turning into his own version of Steph Curry from Beyond the Arc, which is great to see. And Nick Batum has been huge. It just feels like everything the Clippers kind of we're trying to get in place in terms of process during the regular season is culminating into a fantastic playoff performance, not only by the players, but also by Ty Lue. So what is the latest? Just catch us up to, to what people can expect from the timeline moving forward. Where are we at with Kawhi? So as of uh, this recording, which is happening on 101 Pacific uh, time uh, on Thursday, there's no, there's no word out yet. We have to assume you know, yesterday, Ty Lue said there's going to be clear results in the next 48 hours. So it honestly might be Friday before we find out anything substantial. And given the fact that the Clippers play, I'm not sure that the team would release any news um, that day. Just they're a little odd with their injury reports and how they report them and things like that. But the optimism suggests, you know, that he avoided a serious injury, at least initially. So we're just we're waiting to hear that it's, you know, hopefully just a mild sprain. And then we will all panic or recover from there. And finally, Bills wide receiver Cole Beasley is not happy with the NFL and the NFLPA's newly agreed to COVID-19 protocols for training camp and the preseason. And he aired those concerns Thursday on Twitter saying, quote, this is crazy. Did we vote on this? He wrote in response to the list of protocols. Also adding, I stay in hotels. We still have meetings. We will all be together. Vaccinated players can go out of the hotel and bring COVID back in to where I am. So what does it matter if I stay in the hotel now? 100% immune with vaccination? No. Coincidentally, Cole, if uh, you get the vaccine, here's the thing. uh, If someone brings it back, uh, you're in pretty good shape. That's just how these vaccines work. They are awesome. So, hey, guess what? You wouldn't have to worry about it. But my guess is you weren't worried about it. Anyway, this is a concern troll because that's how this works. Now that you got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts coming up on Monday. Will the Western Conference Finals be set? We'll have all of that and a lot more. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. Stay locked on today.